0: Soon after, the body of another of Tom's ex-girlfriends is found. Yeah. Because this is what happens. When you get alcoholic and get busted down to River Cop, all the people you slept (laughs) with start getting dumped in the river. That's
1: right. River Cop.
2: (laughs) Welcome to Sincast, presented by CinemaSins.
1: Everybody, welcome to the SinCast. This is Chris Atkinson from Cinema Sins, joined as always by the boys of Cinema Sins, Jeremy Scott.
0: showing Ooh,
1: mm-hmm. that's a, that's a classic right there. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. from music video Sins, Barrett Share. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: I was shaking was my sexy. chest. Talk talk I about that.
1: talk about swing. Um, <laughs> like Ooh. I've got
2: what do what they call mm. nipple tassels? Yeah. There. Oh, yeah. right. It's like right. when uh,
1: Dustin Hoffman <clears throat> takes Catherine Ross to that uh, that uh, show, and the mm. and the girl pulls off, mm. and it's got the little tassels.
0: Yeah, um, I've got nipples so big that I don't need tassels. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you just swing them around. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's not true. That's
3: not true. Uh, nobody, yeah. nobody <laughs> take that seriously. Please. <laughs>
0: It's going to be in Wikipedia. (laughs) Scott has long-ass nipples. (laughs) 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 Uh, We're loose today, baby. (laughs) But,
1: uh, you know, enough of this frivolity. What are you guys angry about? I feel like I'm taking
3: crazy pills! I'm as mad as hell!
0: You've never seen me very upset.
3: Lord Jesus! Lord Jesus!
0: I gotta talk about this motherfucker. Um, you know, the, the number one problem with all of civilization, as far as I'm concerned, I've said this before is selfishness and Mm -hmm. you see it on display in a lot of different ways. Um, most road rage boils down to one or two people being selfish or entitled. Mm -hmm. So my wife and I have a local spot, you know, I think everybody has their favorite local basic Chinese takeout spot. Mm -hmm. Um, you're not getting five star quality food, but you're not expecting that. In fact, sometimes I call it the, let's let's go dirty and get the, let's go mm. to this place and get the Chinese food. Mm. And I don't really mean it dirty as much as I mean like MSG and grease and all the good shit you like Chinese takeout for. So <clears throat> um, we had a, a complicated order. So instead of ordering by phone, we decided to walk in and order. And there's a publics nearby and we'll go shop while they prepare it. So we parked and we're walking up. And as we're walking up, we parked in the parking lot. This is one of those grocery store shopping centers where there's, you know, a haircut place and a dentist. There's and a pizza always place one of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. This dude, this motherfucker in a big ass truck, and I guarantee he never hauls anything worth having a truck this big, mm-hmm. pulls up in the street in front of the stores and parks his car, his truck, and turns off the engine right there as we are walking by. We were even unsure if he was going to stop for a second whether we should walk. But we get to the door 25 paces ahead of this guy. I'm a nice guy. My wife walks in ahead, I hold the door, this guy comes in behind. So it's my wife and I and this guy. And there's one worker. I know this place very well. There's only I've only ever seen one person. I know there's someone in the kitchen that makes food, but I've only ever seen this lady that takes your order and takes your money. <clears throat> And she comes out of the back, and this dude behind my wife and I goes, you got a takeout order for Carter? And she goes, yeah. And she goes and gets his food, and he goes around us to get handed mm. his food. Mm. And then he goes out to his truck, parked illegally, and drives away. And then we get to order. No, now, listen. No. If there were two people behind the counter, maybe you yell at one, hey, I'm here for my takeout. i would too special to wait in line. Mm-hmm. But if there's only one person, there's only one line. And I have some other caveats here. A, it does not take long to order Chinese food.
2: Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. I said yeah. we had a complicated
0: yeah. order. That's because we wanted four things instead of two or three. Right. Um. And so – he could have waited a minute and a half. The second thing is Chinese food never gets cold. Like you could drive, you could take that shit, put it in your car, drive for a half an hour, set it on the counter, spend 15 minutes picking out a DVD, pop it in, and that shit is still piping hot when you open yes, it. Yes, it is. Yep. Chinese food stays hot forever. He saved himself nothing. Yeah. And I, I'm i trying very hard as I get older to be a little more understanding of people, when I see them behave in public in ways that I don't think are cool, because I don't know what kind of a day they're having, right? So if I see someone who's maybe a little mouthy to a cashier, because the price was higher than it, I don't anymore think definite asshole, 100% all the way, because for all I know, They just got in a car accident and they're extra stressed, or maybe they're having a panic attack. I try to be understanding, but when you give me so many examples of your selfish entitlement, I don't feel like I have to be very understanding of this guy. When he parked where he parked, that one I might have let go, right? Mm. (laughs) That's a selfish thing to do. I don't know the guy, but then when he walks into the store and does the same version of the truck with the food, Mm. now I know this is a me first guy. And this is not a guy I need any part of, and he could fuck the (laughs) hell right off. I bet he's not even fucking vaccinated.
1: This this guy, this is not my kind of guy. It's interesting. I was so glad that you came up with the caveats because I was about to be like, okay. Because if you had ended the story there before you got to the whole one person behind the counter and all this other stuff, I was going to be like, well... Patty B's is a place where I order takeout all the time because I hate standing in that fucking line that's outside every, every, every time. And, uh, and I order the takeout because I have in theory already waited in line for my food because I've waited 25 to 30 minutes for it. So right. I go in and they have extra people to take care of that takeout because they have a register person and then they have some other person that's roving around. Right. And they're usually like, Hey, okay. You got you. You're here for your takeout. Huh? Okay. Um, But, um, but like, yeah, uh, the, in the case where you're like the only person there and there's not very many people around and all that, you can wait a little bit for your takeout for sure.
3: Yeah. There's and no it's also it. like,
0: you're talking about Hattie B's, which is like a lot of places in Nashville, almost always going to have a line, right? You can go to mm-hmm. any Nashville favorite place and there's going to be a long ass line. And this is not that. This is, mm. you're, if you see another customer in this place, you're surprised. Like it's, it's a Chinese. Chinese takeout place, <laughs> yeah. right? Like yeah, You know exactly the kind of place I'm talking about. And I just, I, again, I'm a small man in many ways, but specifically in physical stature. I, I am weak. I'm not going to get in the face of a guy who drives a truck like that because I yeah. can make other assumptions about they, that guy based have, on that truck. They have ammo storage on that truck. Yeah, um, and so I just, just don't be that guy. People park in a regular parking spot. If you're disabled, use the disabled parking spot. And just don't cut the line because you're special. God, I fucking hate that shit. You know, the other thing about this story that, that kills me is is you don't
1: really have to order a takeout at a Chinese restaurant like that either. You don't have to order the food like ahead of time at a place like that because right. you if you've been to any Chinese food place and you order food, I mean, before you even sit down, they're putting the food in front of you yeah so, it's very fast <laughs> so like I, I don't understand the like call ahead thing mentality either so anyway
0: yeah no i just hate it i hate it selfish people go away
3: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i'm gonna
1: continue along this line and i yeah! could have made, made the long. i could have made this rant probably three or four weeks ago in fact it was funny uh uh Aaron and danae and jonathan uh, were all here when i noticed this uh at my house um i was and this is along with jeremy's rant from last week too um so i had just gotten back from arkansas uh and and it was a three-day trip it, i mean actually it wasn't even three days it was like a half it was like two days total tops or whatever over the weekend and uh i was sitting there and and danae and aaron and jonathan were doing uh, their uh behind the sins podcast uh in this room and uh i was looking outside because i often do because i let the cats out and i want to see if they're up to something every once in a while <laughs> uh and i noticed that uh i have this i have this uh you know way of knowing if my trash can is right out now i've ranted about trash can stuff before on here I have a way of knowing if the trash can is right outside the fence or not. And it's unusual if it's not there, uh, if I don't see the the pattern that I can see. Uh, And especially when I was just gone over the weekend and the trash people had not come to pick up uh, anything uh, over the last few days. So for it to be in a different place than it was is unusual. It wasn't there at all. Uh, I went out the outside the gate and it wasn't there. No, no trash can. Nobody, nobody from next door had taken it. Uh, assuming it was their own. Uh, there was, you know, anything like that. I look across the, I look across the alleyway, see a trash can looks suspiciously like mine in some, in front of somebody else's house. <laughs> I looks don't have suspiciously any. Suspiciously, like my trash can. <laughs> Go fuck yourself, Barrett. I know exactly what my trash
3: <laughs> can looks like.
1: <laughs> it has it has certain wear on it that I know what it is. And I, I was in front of this other house, and I was like motherfucker these people are gonna make me actually go over to this house and and take a look and see if this is my fucking trash or not mm. go in there and i see uh like five or six of their bags you know other people's trash on top of what is clearly my fucking trash in this <laughs> trash bag in this trash can and i'm like okay so you're saying maybe your trash can got stolen why are you coming over to my place and stealing a fucking trash can when you can simply call a fucking number and get a trash can the next day if you want it? Why are you stealing my shit? Why does that get in anybody's head that they're like, "Oh, look at all, look at this trash. Is this community trash or something? What is the fucking deal?" <laughs> and and uh and so like and you know, this is things so full too, that I can't possibly put another bag in there if I wanted to, uh, at this point. So I'm like, all right, I know for a fact, this is my goddamn trash can. that the, These people right across the alleyway decided to take, I wheeled it back and actually pulled it behind my fence and, and blocked it up in the, uh, you know, out inside the gate and everything so that it still looked like I had no trash can. And uh that's essentially the rent but it does have an epilogue to it because I saw <laughs> this uh woman come home uh, uh and the, 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 I could see the the car coming into the garage and the car stopped for a second <laughs> and then it went into the garage and then the this woman comes out and and starts looking and I swear to god didn't even look in my house's direction it was weird like if you know you stole that trash can you know for a fact you did but you didn't even look in my spot and you know, looked all around the street and everything for this trash can that she fucking stole or he or her, or her husband or her husband stole i don't know maybe maybe her husband stole it first i don't know but i have a i have a feeling she stole it because she guess was what complicit she did? i yeah I, I have a feeling she stole it because guess what she did i not uh, like an hour later Went over to her connected neighbor's house and stole no. their stole their trash can. No, son of a
0: fucking bitch. She
1: reoffended, reoffended. Wow. All you have to do is call a fucking number. And all right, you
0: know, at this point, you should go to Lowe's
3: mm-hmm. and
0: buy thirty five of these trash cans, mm-hmm. and at two in the morning. <laughs> go out there You're and leave bitch. them all over her driveway.
3: You feel like going a fucking trash can. Corner doing, feel like a trash can. The next day that would be yeah, cool.
1: Yeah, oh, that would be sweet, wouldn't it? <laughs> somehow some somehow some way I'm I'm quiet enough to put 35 trash cans outside somebody's house. <laughs> Nobody sees it. <laughs> i, I mean, like, like, like maybe put Maybe put two or three somewhere else just so they'll be like, why is there two or three somewhere else? <laughs> It'd be the
0: ultimate, like, here, asshole, have all the trash cans you want. Yeah. <laughs> what, you want trash
2: cans? Here you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh. <wow. laughs>
3: oh man! All right,
2: I'll keep my rant fairly simple. Go for it. Um, as we record this on Tuesday, the June 15th, New interview from Kevin Hart in the uh, London Times, the UK Times, whatever it is, um, uh, has him talking about cancel culture.
0: Ah, yes. Ah, well, he is an expert. Mm -hmm. Guys, Mm -hmm.
2: I'm going to say it once and for all. Cancel culture does not fucking exist. You guys can (laughs) suck a fucking dick, okay? There are consequences to actions. There Mm -hmm. are times that you'll miss out on a job there are times where you'll get fired from a job there are times where opportunities will not be afforded to you because of something you've done in the past cancel culture does not exist that is all mm-hmm. i no it's it's not all okay i heard <laughs> i heard uh joe rogan maybe a perfectly nice guy i don't listen to his podcast another expert yeah <clears throat> uh that was talking to I don't know, one of his his guests, and he was like, Man, it's it's hard out there to be a comedian. Like you can't say what you want to say. And uh, you know, it's it's hard to be like a, a a a straight white male these days. We're getting we're getting canceled. Dude, no, you're wrong. I had one of my best friends in the universe say in all honesty to me about a year or so ago, uh, that it's hard being a white male these days. Mm. Mm. I, I love this guy but i was like fuck you <laughs> no yeah. it's not you yeah. are fucking insane uh get over yourself especially white men get over I wish, yourself
3: i wish Cancer somebody, culture
1: does not exist i wish somebody would tell me this so that i could ask them what it is that they can't do anymore right that is but, I, I think I know who you're talking about and this person has very well to do, uh, hmm. has, I mean, not very well, but you know, he doesn't, it's not like he's scraping by here. Yeah. Um, uh, it's not like that he would be denied anything that he, he really wanted to set his heart on or anything like that. It's all about what you can say and what you can think. Uh, and a lot of times these things that you're wanting to say are you know don't have any sensitivity to it man you don't have any yeah
2: and i i I shouldn't have uh compared that to what kevin hart said because obviously he's african-american but it's it's this whole concept of cancel culture oh i can't say what i meant to say i can't say what i really want to say you know what think about what you say then there's there's consequences to this and even if you are canceled i mean kevin hart has a new movie coming out on Netflix, he has a new special coming out like later on this year.
1: Has, has he canceled? Has That's he canceled? Thing. You have you have to be here's the here's the thing. You could be you could have you could have done some of the worst shit in the world like Mel Gibson and still have a uh, a fucking uh career afterwards. Yep. Kevin Spacey, I'm hearing rumblings of Kevin Spacey coming back. Mm-hmm. Um uh, you know, there all these people that we've said are canceled and who had maybe a two or three year space of not being able to do anything because their name was so toxic, still able to do the things that they want to do. And were already wealthy beforehand anyway. Um, and and a lot of the people who we consider canceled have different avenues to go and spread whatever word that they want to. They have they everything. Are everything in the world that they can everybody who claims i can't say anything writes books gets on all sorts of media i mean they just they can get on twitter if they want to even if they get twitter canceled they can still go on you know a, a number of shows that will have them to exactly talk, talk their nonsense is so.
2: donald trump canceled because he got kicked off of twitter no <laughs> no. Is, no harvey weinstein he's canceled but he did criminal shit yeah, well, yeah. Same thing, man. No, there's consequences. They're not cancel Ah! culture.
3: It's also,
0: it's just, uh, I mean, obviously it's being used by a lot of people as a shield, as a a deflection tactic to uh, defray any having to apologize or take responsibility for one's actions. Um, But, you know, this kind of thing has been going on long before Twitter and it's just this i was talking with aaron about this when we were golfing i hope he doesn't mind me sharing a little bit about this but um we you know it seems like <clears throat> many in many in social media especially on the right have sort of taken what the church used to do which is sort of this legalistic control based actions based right? Like, we're going to control you by saying, by shaming you if you don't act the way you're supposed to act. And, and now it's grown from the church into this whole political thing. And I quipped to dice it, maybe the church can just go back to loving people now. <laughs> um <laughs> But, um you know, it's just, I don't know, It feels like, I feel like there are correct times when people are called to task for bad actions. And then I feel like there are, um, insincere attempts to create that kind of thing over small actions like the James Gunn stuff, I think would qualify there. Um, it's just, there's no room for nuance. We need more nuance. We need more nuance because we, we have to be able to examine each case one at a time. And like, I look at the Chrissy Teigen thing and I'm like, we we, we really did cancel James Gunn for about six months. He got fired, lost his job. And he got hired by DC, and about a year later, he got hired back at Marvel. And he made some really tasteless jokes, but Chrissy Teigen was like bullying a teenager and telling her to die and take a dirt nap. Mm -hmm. Now, that doesn't mean Chrissy Teigen should never work again, but should she be called to task for that? Yes. Mm -hmm. Did I think her second apology yesterday was very well written? Yes. Did I think that means she should just be forgiven immediately tomorrow? No. No. Uh but the we're also the celebrity culture is full of people who've gotten away with far worse than that i you know i, I personally still struggle with chris Brown um mm-hmm. just because you know there are <laughs> he did far worse than some people who are struggling to get work and he's not struggling to get work or get nominated for we just don't apply the standards fairly we don't have any. There's no structure. It's, every, it's just this murky, nebulous thing that everyone is defining every time or micro-defining every time they add their two cents to it in public discussion. Uh, but you're right. There is no such thing as cancel culture. Um, there's just consequences for actions. And my what I wanted to say before I rambled for five minutes was that culture evolves. We've talked plenty of times on this show about language evolving and how literally can now mean literally or not literally or uh, what's the word we were debating the other day that both means you're shocked and you're nonplussed. non-plussed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, literally defined as both its opposite and its original definition. Uh, you know, things evolve. So I think it's okay to look back at The Simpsons and say maybe Apu wasn't a very sensitive character. And, you know, Hank Azaria sure seems to regret it. And <clears throat> at the same time, not cancel Hank Azaria or The Simpsons for having done... In the late '80s, early '90s, what no one at the time was taking offense to, or at least no one in the mainstream was yeah, taking. Yeah, nobody
1: offense who to. had a voice <laughs> to say anything. That's so exactly right. You're, you're it, right. Yeah. I'm glad
0: you. I'm glad you made that face because you, yeah. you're exactly right. There probably were people offended by it then, but the culture wasn't calling them to task for it as a whole.
3: Yeah,
0: uh, the American culture. Uh, right. So I, it's, it's murky.
1: That's uh that's sort of how I I've been begun to frame it whenever we talk about while well, you know how nobody was able nobody said anything nobody was offended and blah 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 is it you know that is that there were people who were offended they just weren't on TV and they weren't uh yeah. in the in or if they were they were silenced um, well it's the
0: same with uh, you're right it's the same with Friends where you know you have to you have to cringe when you watch Friends as often as I do because there's some <clears throat> not so subtle non-gay friendly jokes yeah and i'm sure there were people offended at the time it's just that the culture the media perhaps wasn't calling them so in many ways social media is great because it gives a voice to these people who never had a voice to point something out before and say hey that's offensive you can't do that Mm -hmm. uh but that doesn't mean they're canceling somebody
1: right it it just means it just means a, a small subset of the population are deciding to cancel you and uh you know or or not or deciding not to watch whatever you do anymore or whatever uh cat williams was on some sort of radio show it was on twitter uh recently where he said to to the effect that basically you just need to start learning how to be more funny without having to do offensive jokes yes i saw
2: that and it could not have put it more perfectly
1: yeah uh cat williams is i've always loved his stand-up uh he's 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 really i mean he's one of the most energetic comics i've ever seen in my life he keep he doesn't stop for laughter or anything he just like (laughs) just keeps going and going and going and i I wasn't shocked to see that he was he was on this side of it because we've had a lot of people come out you know who have have worked in this area of of being offensive and a lot of times incisively offensive in dave chappelle's case i know understand but dave chappelle is smart enough to know how to how to navigate this i believe
3: yeah where he doesn't
1: have to he doesn't have to worry about that or whatever but uh who knows i mean maybe not maybe maybe sometimes uh as uh as society evolves maybe you don't have the capability of uh, of doing that anymore. look
2: dude I, all right I, I, I don't want to take up the whole thing on this but like dave chappelle made some questionable comments in his act about uh transgendered people
3: right? mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: was he canceled no no <laughs> uh kevin hart made homophobic jokes a long time ago he was slated to host the Oscars in 2019. Those things came to light. Somebody, you know, probably did it intentionally because he got that gig. He lost that gig. Is Kevin mm. Hart canceled, though? Well, he, no. didn't no. he quit that gig, too? He quit it, didn't I he? I think he quit it
0: before he could be let. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: yeah you can't fire me. I quit. Uh, <laughs> mm. But, like, let's take it down a notch, guys. You are not being canceled even and and jeremy i don't i know you didn't mean it like this but james gunn wasn't canceled he just lost a job because of some shitty comments he made and now he's gotten that job back you know what i mean so like i i just i am so sick of the bitching from people that feel like they can't say anything you know what we say a lot of crazy shit on this show all right Mm
3: -hmm, uh but
2: we think about it we 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 take care to make sure that we uh that we don't overstep a boundary and and offend people unnecessarily if we mm-hmm. offend in the name of comedy that's one thing but if we offend personally that is out of bounds for us
1: well i don't know They're, you're talking to, i mean offending in comedy is about the same thing it's uh as offending personally right like that's what, i just think the trying. word
0: offending is misused there
3: <clears throat> i think his point
0: yeah, was i got you i got fair. you. yeah you're right you're right yeah. <laughs> yeah but we're just an so, outrage we're addicted to outrage that's that's who we are and um whether it's you know the latest stupid move your favorite sports team made or you know the latest celebrity misspeak we're just we're always constantly on the lookout like a goddamn shark looking for blood where's the next thing i can pounce on where's the next mm-hmm. thing i can pounce on yeah to make me yeah, look good. healthy too. <laughs> not healthy
1: Uh, Let's go to uh, recommends and warns then. Totes balls. They're
0: great. It won the Academy Award. Oh, for what? For best movie ever made. Oh, man. Listen, I'm going to start you out in the hole so we can climb out. Okay. Um, (coughs) The other night I made a passing reference to the Bruce Willis movie Striking Distance. Oh, Um, oh, yeah, yeah. you did. This was because I had recently seen this movie and i I thought about i thought about giving you the jeremy rundown i'm definitely going to spoil this movie so tune out for the next 10 minutes if you if you want to if you don't save want this,
2: striking distance if you want to save
0: this masterpiece
2: <laughs>
3: for your
0: for yourself and and so i go to the wikipedia and i'm reading the plot description and i really think it says it better than i can Okay. <laughs> At least in places. It's not super long. So bear with me. Um, <clears throat> it's, it's set in Pittsburgh. Uh, I'm going to give you the first paragraph in my words, Tom. Oh, by the way, Bruce Willis plays a character who's named Tom Hardy. That nice. Is, nice. Is the best thing about this movie. Um, <clears throat> he turns on his partner because his partner used excessive force and he tattled on him. And then They're on the heels of the Polish hill strangler, he and another dude, and they crash into his car, and they go down the hill, and the strangler's gone, and the other dude is dead. And then his partner that he turned in jumps off a bridge to kill himself. So the movie goes two years later this is like 20 minutes of shit and it goes mm-hmm. two years later an alcoholic tom this is bruce willis has been reassigned <laughs> to the river rescue squad this is basically mcnulty from the wire before mm-hmm. the wire was on So he's been busted down to the the boat squad mm-hmm. called to the scene of a body dump tom finds the victim is an ex-girlfriend Dun dun dun! like mm-hmm. what are the fucking odds he is assigned a new partner Joe who he finds out I'm not reading this verbatim. Who he finds out is a lady because they did that whole 90s thing where he's like, "Oh, my new partner's name is Joe. Is he any good?" Oh yeah. "What's he like?" And the lady's like, "Not what you'd expect because it's mm-hmm. a woman." And yeah. it's uh Sarah, not Sarah Michelle Gellar. Sarah, Sarah, Sarah Jessica <laughs> Parker. And <laughs> that would be awesome though. <laughs> so she's a diver and he's the Boat driver. And I guess Pittsburgh has three rivers, so there must be a lot of river shit going yeah. on. They probably do yeah. need some river. I'm surprised every boat That's needs its river own shit. diver. But, you know, what, what have you. <clears throat> After a nurse is abducted, Tom receives a phone call, similar to the ones left by the, the strangler. That was two years prior. <clears throat> Detective Eddie Eiler, who hates Tom for turning in Jimmy, states <laughs> on TV the murder was committed by a copycat. Oh, God. Okay, so (laughs) Tom breaks into the police office and steals the strangler file from the precinct in order to conduct an unauthorized investigation because he still thinks the strangler Mm -hmm. person was a cop. Mm -hmm. (laughs)
3: Mm -hmm.
0: Soon after, the body of another of Tom's ex-girlfriends is found. Yeah. Because this is what happens. When you get alcoholic and get busted down to River Cop, all the people you slept <laughs> yeah. with start getting dumped in the river. That's right. River cop. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm jumping over huge sections. There's a ball, a dance. He goes with Joe, his partner. There's a fight there. How long is this to, entry? It's really not. It's like six paragraphs, but they're long. <laughs> um, striking. This so anyway, they go back to his houseboat. He lives on a houseboat. That's charming. Mm-hmm. The river cop lives on a houseboat. Mm-hmm. And they engage in a heated confrontation. as Joe pours Tom's whiskey down the sink in an attempt to prevent him from drinking. yeah, This is the creepy part. Tom pleads for her to leave, but is shocked when she refuses and declares that she will spend the night. Though initially hesitant, Tom eventually succumbs to Joe and they have sex. Mm
3: -hmm, Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You reverse those genders, that's problematic. (laughs) Um, at, At one point during the lovemaking, Joe gazes at Tom in amazement as he lies on top of her. (laughs) both unaware that they are being watched by someone outside (laughs) in
2: the middle of it she gazes upon him in
0: amazement now i'm going to skip to the end (laughs) and tell you that the killer all along both the new copycat and the original strangler killer are jimmy the partner cop who jumped off the bridge and killed himself two years ago and didn't actually die because (laughs) this script was written by an eighth grader. There is nothing redeemable here.
1: I don't remember anything about this movie at all. Like the, I mean the river cop thing. That's about all I remember about it. Um, uh, God damn it. How in the world did that movie get made?
0: It's Bad Kids, and it's got a lot of people in it. I just closed the tab, but like uh, Dennis Farina's in it, Tom Sizemore's in it. Uh, uh, of course. T- uh, oh, wait, Timothy Busfield. Um, this was that <clears throat> John Mahoney, the- Andre Brower.
1: <clears throat> that w- this was this pre Shyamalan period for Bruce Willis, post Tarantino, yeah. pre Shyamalan, where we started to get a, a sense of what Bruce Willis movies were like if they didn't have a decent director or anything like that. You yeah, had the Jackal yeah. came out during this time and you had striking yeah. distance.
2: Was this uh, uh was this ninety five? I believe striking up? distance was
1: was striking distance ninety three? Uh, it's according to according Holy to Holy fuck. Well Wikipedia. then I was wrong. I'm wrong then. That it's movie still came right out around before, there though. <laughs> that came out before Pulp Fiction yeah, yeah, yeah Uh yeah. so oh well. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you that's a it's a hint of what we were going to see of Bruce Willis outside of a diehard or a good director.
0: With all of the with the my exes, my exes are washing up dead, and the Strangler storyline and the suicide. I really feel like it was one of those things where they took three scripts and slapped them into one movie
3: mm-hmm. and yeah. tried
0: to make it all fit. Like, but it, it's really not good. I would stay mm. away.
1: Yeah. Um I'm going to stay in the 90s and uh Nice. Yeah. I rewatched uh, a movie that I knew I loved uh, because we were interviewing rennie harlan uh The Long Kiss Goodnight. Uh, yeah. Got to rewatch uh That's some um, good shit. It's it's Shane Black is is a, a big star on this one as well. Uh his script has a lot of those Shane Blacky lines. Uh, where he's like there's a the, the point where samuel l jackson comes in and uh, busts down the door of this dude who's having sex with a prostitute and he's like now you know what what makes uh, uh what what you do when you make assumptions right you make an ass out of you an umption <laughs> um, and um and uh, uh there's a there's a scene where gina davis is talking to uh alan north in a in a car and uh, and, uh, and, uh, he keeps saying a whole bunch of like real suggested things like, you know, like asking what, how her sex life is with her husband and everything. And he goes, and she turns to him and is like, you know, like, uh, could you, anytime you uh, say something, could you, uh, uh, start blowing bubbles up in the air and say hiccup out loud. <laughs> uh, and, uh,
3: and,
1: and, uh, and it's got that great, uh, also part where Samuel Jackson saves Gina Davis and and uh says something about uh you know this ain't no ham on rye and guy, and she goes how why did it take you so long to get here it's like mostly because i was trying to come up with that ham on rye line <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh the movie is about a woman who is a school teacher who is uh happily married uh, but has amnesia for the last eight years and uh and uh she gets in the a car wreck. This is with the the Alan North in the in the vehicle. And an interesting thing about that car wreck too. They never refer to it ever again. Like he he, he she runs off the road. Alan North dead. She kills a deer uh uh and uh and then like just goes back and is like well i don't know i guess something's kind of weird with me now and what <laughs> Just is like left a car that she <laughs> definitely has all of her like uh information <laughs> and everything with and killed a person and, and just left the scene um but uh when she comes back she knows that something's different about her she's starting to learn some things or whatever and she starts cutting up carrots like really super fast and everything and uh she's like oh i was a chef i used to do this and everything and then somebody comes to kill her uh somebody right out of prison comes to kill her and then she takes care of business and then uh and uh uh, samuel jackson promises that uh he'll take her to wherever she needs to go to sort of learn her past everything of course she was a fucking super spy assassin Mm -hmm. person and And blonde uh, yes at some point when she's uh making trying to make it where her she people can't easily identify her she gets into this like yeah this blonde number or whatever and she and gina davis is very sexy um uh but uh but yeah uh rennie harlan is uh who is i'm i mean is a delight to talk to um uh you just I just sit there and you watch, you watch the sort of the glee he does. He, 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 he has making movies. Now, not all these movies are going to be the greatest things you've ever seen in your life, but you can see that behind the camera is somebody who really loved making that movie. So, um, uh, the longest good night is probably definitely one of his all time best. He's done Die Hard too. And he's done cliffhanger and stuff like that, but. Uh, because of the Shane Black script and everything, it's it's really at the top of his list, probably. Even Samuel Jackson was talking to uh, Stephen Colbert the other day and said, I saw that this this was his number one movie on his list. Oh, is is that right? In his top five, yeah. Well in this top five in the
3: nineties.
2: Yeah, this movie inspired Rennie to cast him in uh, deep blue sea and have yes. one of the craziest cinematic moments in history. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So because of Long Kiss Goodnight. So this uh yeah, it's it's a nexus of beautifulness.
1: Oh yeah, Ooh. absolutely. Ooh. But uh yeah, going out and check that movie. That movie came out in 1996. Uh nexus. Yeah nexus but uh, uh but uh yeah it's a it's a movie that i think sort of gets forgotten a little bit because when it came i think out, Craig
0: bierko's good in it oh mm-hmm. craig
1: bierko's awesome in this movie i, I, I think, was sitting there um, watching it going oh my god why wasn't he a bigger actor like i remember i was starting to remember 13th floor and stuff like that and and he was in cinderella man but like he never took off no, no,
2: but Lothian 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 Grace, Vegas for, for a second
1: yeah <clears throat>
0: what were you what were you gonna say Brian Cox. Oh yeah, Brian Cox
1: movie. playing the pre-born has uh, that great
0: line about that I always fuck up about. I submit that whatever that dog is trying to lick out of its ass is either already gone or there to stay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh my god, that's the Shane Blackiest line to ever Shane Black.
1: Yes, yes. All right. Oh, well, shit. I'm
2: gonna I'm gonna step out of the '90s and bring us right mm-hmm. into 2021
3: 2021
2: mm-hmm. uh watch that's, that's now that's that's mm-hmm. now i uh, watched now-ish. uh bo burnham's inside
3: oh uh, on
2: netflix recently this is a uh a special that he filmed uh during the pandemic uh i think he's out in california so it was locked down like a literal lockdown um I shouldn't say literal lockdown. It was, you know, people were encouraged to stay in place, shelter in place. Um, he did everything from my understanding. Like he wrote this, he wrote the songs, he performed the songs, he edited this, he filmed this, uh, and it all takes place in one kind of rec room, bonus room uh, that that has, you know, a bunch of, you know, production equipment, uh, keyboards, and lights and cameras and action and stuff like that um and uh this special is defies categorization i think uh mm. it is frequently funny it is occasionally uh, harrowing
3: mm-hmm.
2: um the uh the music in it which i i'm not really a huge fan of like musical comedians. I like guess just not my jam. Like if somebody brings a guitar out on stage, I'm like, ah, all right. Uh, I feel like it's just kind of a crutch. Uh, but, it, and, and to be honest, I haven't explored a whole lot of Bo Burnham's stuff. Um, these are hilarious. They're, it, like I would listen to these songs. Uh, I would classify them as kind of like a depressed weird owl. Um, Mm. hmm. uh, and, and I don't mean that pejoratively, uh, like it's got the brilliance of a weird owl, uh, whilst still doing kind of parodic, uh, kind of lyrics and everything, especially the songs about Jeff Bezos, which I think are hilarious. Mm. Um, and I love his voice and I love kind of like his whole thing. Uh, this is a strong recommend for me. Um, Mm. I I joked around a little bit on Slack uh, when I watched it, uh, or after I watched it. I said, you know, this is the best thing that I'll never watch again. Uh, Because it is, it it does get into some stuff. He doesn't handle uh, the pandemic as well as some people have. And there are times where he kind of breaks down. Uh, But it's all in the... (laughs) I... I I shouldn't say this, but it's all in the service of a great special. Uh, I think the first song he sings is about uh, content. And I think he had in the back of his mind that, yes, I'm going through a rough time. And, of course, he's been honest about his mental health uh, previously. But uh, I think he knew in the back of his mind that this was going to be great content, too. And it Mm -hmm. is a singular special. You will probably never see anything like this again hopefully you won't but it's a huge recommend uh chris have you watched this yet
1: i've seen 20 minutes of it i have not been able to sit and watch the rest yet but um yeah the first 20 minutes that i saw were were very very good
2: yeah it's uh it is it is very very unique uh i would highly recommend it uh you may not want to watch it again. I, I, again, I joked around about not wanting to watch, uh, watch it again, but I will go back and watch at least some of the songs because they mm. are entertaining as hell. Uh, there's one song called All, All Eyes on Me, which is one of the best songs, parody or not, that I've heard probably this year. Uh, mm. It's fantastic, and it's filmed beautifully too. So uh, I, would, I would recommend checking it out.
1: All right, everybody, it's time to talk about movie. <laughs> I tell you what, man. Uh there are there's such a large selection of movies sometimes on this service that I'm just like, how did I miss that sometimes? I'm just like, <laughs> wow. And um I was going through there the other day and I found uh Dementia 13, which is Francis Ford Coppola's first movie i believe his first his directorial debut although if you look at the imdb he's got a few credits before that but i'm sure they're all like student films or something like that Mm. um dementia 13 is a movie he did uh under the roger corman uh, studio i believe and i read something in the trivia of this movie that said something to the effect that roger corman was making his own movie and then said hey francis if you want to use this exact same set that i'm doing on this movie and use some of the same actors that are in my movie and you're able to shoot it around my movie you can do this movie and that's what they did all right well uh, <laughs> um Francis Ford Coppola is going by Francis Coppola in uh in uh Dementia 13 and uh it's about um uh, it's about this uh woman who I think she kills her husband I'm not sure a husband has like a heart attack but then she pushes him over into the water and Whoa. uh and uh, and, uh she, there, was, there was this discussion about how his mom uh is giving away all her money to charity and that's not right. They should get some of that money that that she has. Yeah, so, fuck charity. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> fuck charity. And uh, and so, uh, she uh she writes up a note and sends it out and pre- it pretends to be her her husband, saying that I can't come to this function that's going on at your house uh because I got a business in New York, uh, but uh, my wife will be able to attend or whatever. So so this woman who is maybe maybe kind of killed her husband goes out to london and uh meets the family and there's this ceremony that they're about to do for a for a uh a daughter like a a sibling who has who drowned like six years previous and uh not really there's not really much to this movie it's probably a precursor or considered one of the first slashers that i can i can uh uh tell. really uh, because people uh start start getting killed by a mystery, you know, uh, killer, and it's kind of like a who done it, but it's also got a little, it's a little more gruesome than you're huh. used to in the 60s, maybe. Hmm. Um, n- not like terribly graphic, but you do see a head rolling at some point. Oh, uh, <laughs> yes,
0: head uh, roll. Uh, yeah, is that exactly. one of Roger Corman's props?
1: It's probably one of Roger Corman's <laughs> props. <laughs> It's probably something Roger Corman shot, and they just put it in the movie. Um, but um, but uh, yeah, uh, this it, it you know this is not this is not indicative of the Coppola that we're going to see later on in his career. Although it is extremely interesting to watch where your one of your you know all time directors came from. And you, there's certain shots in here that are very beautiful. Like, I mean, it's not, you know, like I said, there's not much to this movie, but there's some points in it where you're like, okay, okay. I can mm. see a little shades of the Coppola we're going to see, but it's not like, you know, it's not the sum of its, the sum of its parts doesn't come to like, you know, something that we would we would know him for. But hmm. uh, that is on the service right now. And that's, that's one of those things that I love about movie is a lot of times they get these directorial debuts that are on there and you get to see how some of these big directors started a lot of times you don't have any access to these kind of movies so uh i really i really uh, found it fascinating to watch
2: it. i agree with you that uh movie is where i saw uh damien chazelle's first film a uh, guy and yeah. Madeline on a park bench um and you could see little glimpses of what he would come to be you know later on in whiplash or la la land and stuff like that mm-hmm um movie you know it curates all this stuff so there there is a lot of selection but it's not like you know the other streaming platforms where there is no direction to it they're just putting it up there uh this mm-hmm. is curated um i don't remember what subcategory i saw this in but i watched an incredibly horny movie uh french movie uh on movie called betty mm-hmm. blue
3: mm-hmm. also
2: titled in all francais uh 37 le matin which means Blah. which means 37 degrees in the morning fahrenheit uh, celsius which means right. anyway up. anyway uh this movie is not just horny it is very horny uh but uh it was also nominated for an oscar for best foreign language film in 1986 and for a bafta mm. and it's really good man it's about this this writer uh who's doing is making ends meet by uh doing repairs out in this beach town in France uh then they and he meets this woman uh Betty uh who's young and quote tempestuous and god they fuck all the time they fuck mm-hmm. so much mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and and god god bless them you know i mean they're yeah. they're both you know strong like bull <laughs> yeah
1: yeah yeah they,
2: they both should be pounding it out um mm-hmm. and uh but the story is really good he's a writer and you know he has this uh unpublished manuscript that betty uh comes around and uh ends up you know kind of retyping and and putting it out to publishers and stuff like that uh and their relationship is very compelling uh the uh the the actress beatrice dahl um uh this was apparently her debut uh but she is gorgeous and she is acts beautifully in this uh the guy jean hughes on glad um is fantastic <laughs> don't you like my french my french uh pronunciation <laughs> yes this is absolutely worth watching uh getting the service for uh betty blue um it is Promiscuous, and it is a delight to watch, and it has some twists and turns. I would say, even lobster esque. If you're a fan of, really? uh, of Yorgos Lanthimos, uh, I think you would like this movie. It's all on movie. Here's what you do, listener. Listen to me. <clears throat> come in close.
3: Come in close, listener. I'm in there. No, go.
2: Okay. Go to movie.
0: It's too quiet. No, no, no.
2: Shh. 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 Go to Mubi dot com. M U B I com slash cinema sins 30 days free 30 free. 30 days 30. free 30 free 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 30 but you have to go to that url people don't mess mm-hmm. around and just be like oh i'm gonna go to a movie no movie.com slash cinema sins that's your month free and you're welcome because it's awesome and <laughs> you should totally do it watch the movies that chris and i recommended and many more on movie.com slash cinema sins Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at HashtoRenew.com.
1: All right. Uh, Do we have have any uh, another round uh, that we want to do
0: here? I uh, would love to do another round. I would also love to uh, run to the bathroom real quick if you guys are amenable.
1: I will do the same.
0: So uh, can can I I'll give you a hard warn now? Can I give you a record warn? Do yeah. it. What if I told you it's a 2019 movie? It's the 1930s Dust Bowl drought ridden Texas. And Margot Robbie is playing a hot bank robber on the run. Of course she is. <laughs> would that be something that would interest you? Yeah. Yes, would that be something that interests you? <laughs> <laughs> Well, it was something that interested me, and I would say at the end of it, I was largely whelmed. Whelmed. <clears throat> um, whelmed. Perfectly whelmed. I did not have a bad time. I did not have a great time. Um, She basically, this town is so tiny, she's hiding out in this barn, and this teenager who i don't i never caught his age and the movie kind of dances around it but i guess he's 18 let's just say that for the sake mm. of like the fbi um <clears throat> he and his buddy are gonna look for because they want to get the reward but what he doesn't know is she's in his barn dun, 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 he finds <laughs> her the and she's is bloody from inside the barn <clears throat> mm-hmm. she's bloody because she got shot during the bank robbery and he tends to her wounds and falls for her, right as you do,
3: mm-hmm.
0: and she basically agrees to help her find a car. And she says, if you help me get a car, we're going to go to Mexico, and I'll give you $20,000. And he's like, immediately, like, well, yes, I, of course, I will do mm-hmm. this.
3: Mm-hmm. Just
0: so happens his dad is a cop. Stepdad is a cop. That's so good. He breaks in. This kid breaks into the police office. It's the second movie in a row where one of my main characters breaks into the evidence room. I can't believe yeah. that because that <laughs> happened in Striking Distance. Yes. He breaks cop? into the evidence. <laughs> he breaks into the evidence room at the police station to basically steal uh, a piece of evidence that makes her look bad. Of course, the cops find out the evidence room has been tampered with. They blame the stepdad cop. They think mm-hmm. he gave the key to his son. Um, yeah. He comes home to beat the shit out of his stepson and the stepson and the hot bank robber girl hop in the family truck and go on the lamb. And they go to a hotel. And she invites him to shower with her. Yeah, mm-hmm. she does. Yes, Barrett. Well, yes, really? Chris. Yeah. Yes. But first she calls him kid. And he says, there you go calling me kid again. Mm-hmm. And then. She says something else, and he's like, fuck it, I'm going to get in there. And they start making out in the shower.
3: Mm-hmm. And then he says, fuck it, I'm going to
0: get in The stepdad catches up to him like the next day or so, and shoots her dead. Boom. I spoiled it. I shouldn't have done that. I didn't mean to. I usually do that with the warns, not the record warns. She lives! Mm. I lied! She lives! There's a sequel coming. Mm.
3: Uh, what the is movie the name is called, of this I movie? Even, I didn't
0: even say the name of the movie. The movie it's is called time. Dreamland. No, you said the name. I did? Yeah. Okay. Well, it's again. It's called Dreamland, mm-hmm. and uh, I guess it's kind of a warn. It's not really worth your time, but it's not so bad that I want to warn it. Um, you know, I didn't have a terrible time watching it,
3: um, <laughs>
0: and uh, you may not love it, but it was interesting. Character 2019. I don't 2019. know nobody if else I've heard about this. Yeah, nobody else. Garrett Hedlund's in it, but nobody else that I've ever heard of is involved with this production. My guess is Margaret Robbie was attached, and that brought in the financing to make it. Mm-hmm. And, um, she's good. She's fine. She's always good. Um, mm-hmm. anyway, I feel like it could have been more, could have been more exciting.
1: Um, all right. So I watched a movie that I did not expect to like whatsoever. Um, I, I, uh, I, I, I guess this is going to let the cat out of the bag that it's not that a big deal, but that we are going to be sending this movie. But, uh, I did not personally write anything for this one. It's the Croods, the, a new age. Ah, oh,
2: actually, oh, I've
1: seen this actually enjoyed this movie. I I, Whoa. I, I, I can't explain. I didn't even see the first crudes.
2: Did you not? Uh,
1: no, I haven't oh, seen the first funny. Croods. That's funny. I uh, watched this one and, uh, and i was it sometimes sometimes the barrett rule works right where there's a there's so many people in the movie and they all sort of like give their flavor to <laughs> uh to the movie there's a there's a moment <laughs> there's a moment that's so emma stone in this and and emma stone is so charming uh you know there's a point where they they find like this uh animal of some sort like a cat or a wolf Mm -hmm. or something i can't remember and they ride it and uh and and she and the other character voiced by um uh what's her name Uh, kelly marie tran i believe yes yeah Um, that's her uh, is uh is uh get get on this thing and start riding it around and everything and he goes and she always she she always keeps finding these little things where it's like hey uh you see that thing over there? You want to jump it. And then <laughs> see that thing over there? Want to jump it and it's such <laughs> it's such an Emma Stone thing. And meanwhile you've got Ryan Reynolds in this voicing the the male love interest that shows up in this movie as the as one of the main characters of this new movie. Nicolas Cage of course always always funny peter dinklage plays a character in this Le- um uh, leslie mann plays a character in this yep. Catherine keener uh and and everybody sort of just in it just sort of uh creates this environment that is so it's like actually pretty fun overall uh that i wasn't expecting i thought this was going to be stupid and it is stupid in many places don't get me wrong it, Right. You can't you- you can't make a comedy like this without it being stupid in a lot of places. but I actually kind of like the story to it, too. Like just the the uh, just the fact that he the the uh, Ryan Reynolds character is looking for this whatever tomorrow is and and they run into this couple. Now the, all the modern anachronism stuff gets really annoying after a while, but they still seem to kind of manage to make it uh, you know uh, fun anyway. Uh, but they run into this couple that Peter Dinklage and Leslie Mann are playing, and they have this uh sort of like this almost I guess San Francisco lifestyle where it's like a uh a, a super rich uh whatever super rich was back in the prehistoric age or just getting in out of the prehistoric age. This is a huge ass tree that functions as a mansion, uh, pretty much, and they're very hippie-ish and uh and uh and everything and then and, and uh but they have this issue with they have to keep bananas around nobody can eat the bananas because of this one thing that happens in the movie uh but you know, overall man i i was not expecting to be like i kind of like this movie it what it, I, I mean it, sometimes when this in this job that we do you watch movies for stupid reasons like either you're writing a script for it or you're watching it just to kind of know what's going on when you review somebody else's script and and uh and you're like oh this is going to be such a slog this is going to be so bad and maybe again maybe it's the expectations thing. maybe the expectations in the end uh led me to go well this is not that bad but it's got a 7.0 on the imdb so apparently it was liked by a few people uh (laughs) overall anyway um there you go all right and and i and and, you know look i normally wouldn't resort to a movie like the Crudes: a new age is one of my recommends or warns but god damn it i watch so many movies for so many other different reasons i don't ever have like an enjoyment movie movie (laughs) there. so you know you know what's funny
2: is that this is kind of like a horrible bosses two situation because Mm -hmm. i i think if you enjoyed this i think you would enjoy the first one the first one i thought was a lot of fun Matter mm-hmm. of fact, the, the second one opens on footage from the first one, mm-hmm. um, like a Rocky movie. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed this too. I like the first one. The animation is really, really good. Yeah, um, Nicolas Cage as a caveman uh, mm-hmm. is always enjoyable. Uh, Emma Stone and Ryan Reynolds uh, getting together, even though it's usually Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling getting together. Right, right. Um, it, uh, yeah, it's a delight. I, I, I agree mm-hmm. with you. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think I think you'd like the the first one. All right, I'll uh, I'll wrap us up here, and it'll be a quick one, um, because it's it's Top Chef. You know that we like Top Chef. You know that Jeremy and I love Top Chef. Okay, mm-hmm. it's but top. I have to I have to say that this season, which they're doing in Portland, uh, in which they filmed over the pandemic, both of my recommendations are pandemic related. Um, I think is is really a triumph of a lot of things. Uh, they, they stayed in a bubble, uh, while still, uh, trying to get the, the best content that they could, which is of course food-based. They have maybe one of the most likable, uh, group of chefs, uh, that I've seen in a long time. Uh, the hosts are former top chef contestants like Brooke Williamson and, uh, Gregory and Ed, uh, Edward Lee and Kwame and all that stuff <clears throat> um but this is just it's delightful and and i have to shout out the most recent episode as of this uh recording was hella emotional jeremy did you see the most recent episode yeah they okay so they always do this thing where the family either contacts the the contestants or they send like a gift box or something like that or they show up uh and in this one they, they sent the gift boxes and like, you know, handwritten letters about how much, how proud of them they were and all that stuff. Between that and what happened at the end of the episode, I bawled my fucking eyes out
0: during this episode. Did you have a similar reaction, Jeremy? I didn't bawl, but uh, what, I, what I liked, what got me was at the end where the one girl tried to take the loss for the other girl. Yeah. And then that girl was like, no, let me take the loss. And it was kind of like Hawkeye and <laughs> Natasha at the cliff of, <laughs> you know, red skull was like, no, i let me, let me, let me, uh, which I thought was very touching. Uh, and I do think they have an overabundance of good personalities this year. Casting is always the key on a show mm-hmm. like this. Uh, but the thing that I am enjoying <clears throat> that I hope they do in future seasons is this rotating, Guest judge panel where every, every, they brought in about 14 to 16 former contestants. Barrett rattled off a, a few names of them, and they all eat these dishes in most of these competitions. And then two of them sit on the judging panel with yeah. Tom and what Padma and help decide, you know, who's going to stay or who's going to go. And so it adds a lot of insight because these people have been here before. They understand these pressures. It's Richard is in there opinions. too. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah to yeah.
0: see their opinions as judges and both, you know, some of them are softer and some of them are harsher and, uh, I hope they keep doing that in the future, but yeah, it's been a fantastic season. Sadly, I agree. so close to being over. I mean, there, there are times where it get it has gotten gimmicky
2: in the past. Uh, I remember, uh, Anna Ferris and, uh, Chris Pratt were on there one time. And like Chris Pratt was the guest judge. I'm like, I'm sure he eats and I'm sure he's got a good palate. But like, do I really want him judging my food competition? Uh, and and they did have a little stunt casting, which was hilarious. Fred Armisen and uh, Carrie Brownstein from uh, Portlandia was on there. Um, uh, but that was just very quick fire. Anyway, I've said too much. You know, we love Top Chef, uh, but I cannot recommend this season in particular uh any any harder mm-hmm. harder hard right.
1: hard jeremy uh jeremy warned striking distance god that was a surprise i thought i thought he was gonna give a winning review of that uh uh but he river didn't. cop that's right they should have yeah, just called cop. a river cop right yeah <laughs> Um uh he rec a warned Dreamland Margot Robbie is a hot uh robber. Margo Margot Robber. Mar- Margo Margot Robber.
0: robber. hmm
1: That's right. I love Uh those. Barrett uh recommended Bo Burnham's Inside, which is on Netflix. Uh and uh and recommended the new season of Top Chef because that's what we fucking do around here, guys. We we recommend cooking shows to you people mm-hmm. um and uh now i have and then i recommended i recommended the long kiss Goodnight, uh the rennie harlan movie with gina davis and craig bierko and samuel l jackson samuel l fucking jackson and um i also recommended the croods a new age i was not mm-hmm. i was not mm-hmm. i was not expecting that there's so many uh, people there's so many people. Well, and this so many time people it, in it. And this time it's true. <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody, it's time to talk about better help. Better help. Help before okay. the help. Better help.
2: You guys need this. Look, everybody's dealing with something. You've heard us talk about it before, but this is online counseling services uh from the comfort of your own home. You log on, <clears throat> You get into your counseling room. You have your own counseling room where you schedule everything. You message your counselor. Uh, you get you know updates and attachments and, and stuff like that. Uh, y- you do that all from your home, your phone, your tablet. All the counselors are licensed and professional, and you get matched to them within 24 hours. I got to tell you, I'm, without naming any names, uh, we had a listener uh, contact us what just a couple of days ago saying that even after all of these spots that we've done for better help, he or she finally decided to sign up for it. And man, Mm -hmm. that will make Mm -hmm. my entire year. If one person hears this, that needs counseling uh, for stress, anxiety, worry, uh, depression, sadness, anything like that. I am going to be a happy man. And I think all three of us will be happy.
0: Listen, understanding why, you do some of the things you do and are the way you are can help change those things, right? I'm going to give you a really basic example. Um, Marriage counseling, right? My wife and I are very open that in the first couple of years of our marriage, we didn't communicate very well at all. So we went to just a basic run of like eight marriage counseling sessions changed our lives because Mm -hmm. ultimately everything we were doing in communication uh, I, you know my tendency is to is to get loud to get aggressive and argue, and her tendency is to crawl into a shell and not say anything and all of that is just both of us feeling insecure that the other one is trying to pull away from us and Once we sort of figured out that that 's why we were doing those things, we stopped doing those things and mm-hmm. when it comes to greater issues beyond just you know early marriage communication but anxiety depression p t s d um <clears throat> therapy does that for you it helps you understand why some of the things are the way they are and that's the first step to being able to change them. It. and it's the best
2: you'll feel you'll feel so much better once you get through uh the 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 root causes of these things and you change that behavior go to better help help.com slash cast 10 off your first month that first month is critical use it well uh betterhelp.com slash syncast. Don't wait. Just do it now. Uh
1: do we have some uh questions we want to do? Question
3: Chris question. I got something to say. I want the truth.
1: I am listening. Chris,
2: we have some questions.
1: Shit. Mm-hmm. Oh my mm-hmm. god, I'm not prepared for that then.
2: <laughs> of a bitch. Hey. Yeah, That's we do. Shit.
1: All right. No all all right. right. I think I can do this. Yeah.
2: All right. All right. Everybody ready? Here we go. Mm -hmm. ready first question what is your favorite intentionally over the top acting performance i love this
1: um yeah um i'm gonna go with julianne moore in magnolia um oh there is uh most of her uh her scenes are in this pharmacy in uh Magnolia where she's trying to get uh some drugs and she's obviously addicted and and uh is obviously trying to get um you know I guess uh she's she I she probably doesn't have proper prescriptions or anything like that. She's just she's trying to she's trying to get it but uh her her mannerisms are such that the pe the people behind the desk uh are all are, are are uh a little bit worried uh that's exactly what she's doing but she tell uh but uh uh she has a lot of great scenes in that pharmacy uh you know um like you know when they when they ask her if you know about uh whether she's got proper prescriptions she's like you know
3: you go with you go back in the back you go
1: and look at my background you check you blah 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 you know it's like and um uh, and uh and and she's like and she just constantly in this state of like mania almost there's another scene where she's in the lawyer's uh office and uh and uh just and talking about how she's she she doesn't want uh uh, jason robards who she's married to she doesn't want uh his money at all she's cheated on him and everything she does she doesn't want the the will to to uh you know she doesn't want the will to be legal or whatever and she's trying to talk the lawyer into it and everything and uh but uh there are a lot there's there's so many times that she's the way she talks and the way she acts in this you know there's a point where she tells tells the dude to suck my dick and all this other type of stuff that goes on in there um it is one of the she even i think at one point refers to her herself being over the top and uh oh, yeah. he was, i'm so over the top right now and uh and i'm wondering if paul thomas anderson uh that was julianne moore saying that and <laughs> and, and paul thomas anderson keeping it in because it would be something that somebody like her, like her would be saying in these in these moments um that's that is as over the top as you'll ever see julianne moore for sure that is that it's It gets to the point of it's so uncomfortable mm-hmm. uh, how over the top she is, uh, but it works perfectly for that movie.
2: It's funny because hey, I was thinking about uh, her performance in The Big Lebowski as being over the top.
1: Uh, nah, that is over the top, you're but right. But you're
2: right, uh, Magnolia is a, is a whole different thing. And and I bet you, you're on to something with uh, Paul Thomas Anderson leaving some stuff in there because in Boogie Nights – you know the William H. Macy line where he's like, "My wife's out there with an ass in her cock." <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he <left> that <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: so
0: uh, I would not be surprised. Yeah. 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 Um. Um. So I'm gonna go with uh, Wesley Snipes as Simon Phoenix in mm. the classic Demolition Man. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, he is dialed up to eleven in that movie. Uh, yeah, he was. Po- possibly dialed up to twelve, even mm-hmm. uh, even though the dial stops at eleven. He just everything about he's 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 doing a lot of <clears throat> laughs and accentuating like no mouth noises in between his like lines where he are like, like do stuff like that. And he's just, (laughs) he's a psychopath. He's playing a man that in in the beginning of the movie in our present day blows up a building with a busload of people in it. Uh, The movie, I'm not sure ever explains if he killed the people first or if they died during the explosion, but the corpses are there. Um, He's just a, a psycho. Like there's at one point they're trying to dig up, um, other people that are imprisoned in this ice prison was the whole premise is that they take the really bad criminals and they freeze them Mm
3: -hmm. because
0: (laughs) the future is going to need them, I guess. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, And so he's like, who else can we unfreeze? And he's just like, Jeffrey Dahmer. I love that guy. So uh, (laughs) way, way over the top. Uh, But that's part of what makes it work. And it plays against Stallone's, Performance in this movie perfectly. Um and they trade stupid nineties macho barbs as they have a shootout in the gun museum. God, I love this movie. I could fuck it.
1: Yeah. It's uh, uh it's funny. I, I had recently heard of some like trouble on that set on that when they made that movie. Oh yeah. Um, and I, I think even Sandra Bullock ended up replacing somebody, uh in the, Oh, in interesting. That movie. Hmm. Uh, that Joel Silver wasn't the best of of, uh, of people, and as a as a ridiculously famous producer from this era, I'm not shocked whatsoever yes. anymore. And just because I'm not shocked doesn't mean that if he did something really fucking terrible, doesn't mean he doesn't need to be called out on it. But um, uh, but yeah, I heard that that was a tough one. A lot of people had a bad time making that movie, which is so weird because when you watch it, it just is so fucking insane and joy and joyful watching
3: yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. So how yeah. in the
1: world did they pull out something good? Like it, I, mean, I say good, but there's people who are going to watch this and think that movie's terrible. Uh, but it, it's, it's just one of those things, right? It's, yeah. uh, it, it's got enough in it. It's not boring whatsoever.
2: No, that whole movie's dialed up to 11 or 12. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, even, you know, Dennis Leary doing his Dennis Leary stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was the peak of that where you're like, Oh, all right, do your thing. And yeah. he does that, 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 that thing. The villain is dialed up to the ultimate villain is dialed up to 11. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do love that movie.
3: Who directed
0: doing? that movie? Oh, I just saw his name. Marco it's nobody
3: Brambia,
1: ever I think is his name.
0: It's right behind you. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Mark, Marco Brambia. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> did he ever do anything else uh, i i really don't know I look, I Jeez, have what a, look. a weird he did demolition man oh fuck me he did excess baggage yeah
3: <laughs> that's, that's what
2: happened <laughs> is that the alicia silverstone uh yeah, <laughs> Benicio <Del>
1: Toro, uh, <laughs> oh, they're, yeah and there's stupid oh, shit no. in that movie too i mean that movie's horrible but it's got it's got some fun nonsense in it as well he uh he uh he went on to do like a few episodes of this series called dinotopia And then Mm -hmm. uh, he did uh, Kanye West featuring Dwele, uh, Power. He did the music video for that. That music video is amazing. And he did a couple of other shorts, and the last thing he did was in 2012. Interesting.
2: So. Oh. Hey. Oh. Mm -hmm. That's my my power. Mm -hmm. Okay, my favorite over-the-top performance. You're thinking, viewer, or listener right mm-hmm. you were thinking mm-hmm. i was going to pick al pacino in uh, the devil's advocate mm-hmm. I, I, I even was yeah i wanted mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. i was thinking outside the the box a little bit and we used to talk about this movie a lot but i don't think we've talked about it recently the cable guy
3: oh yeah <laughs> oh, <no>. a, a,
2: <laughs> an absolute gem uh from the mid to late 90s uh and jim carrey talk about being dialed up to as Past the dial as you can get. uh, Every line, every (laughs) single line that he delivers from the first time he gets in there, where where like maybe I shouldn't have come at all. Jerk off! (laughs) Oh my god! And and that sets the tone. Uh, It's it's amazing how so Ben Stiller shot this uh, or or directed this. It's amazing all the little decisions that he makes in this. Uh, All the different framing options all the different angles and everything um when uh when matthew Bar- broderick uh asked him to to get free cable and he's like <laughs> what you've done i can't even get the line out <laughs> what you've done is illegal and it could uh get you up to like three years in a maximum security foot all <laughs> and it's a, this close-up shot uh a rear shot uh the coverage uh, on Jim Carrey, and then uh, a, a close up on Matthew Broderick, and then it cuts to a wide shot of the two of them, and he's just like, <laughs> "I got you!" <laughs> oh my god, it's just it's it's so absurdly beautifully nineties and over the top. And Ace Ventura is probably what he's known for is being way over the top, but Cable Guy is an underrated gem and will be for the
1: the history. Yeah. Of the it always will be. I mean that that even I didn't really like it that much when I first watched it. I didn't either. Uh, uh, I saw it in the theater um, yeah. too. Yeah, uh, yeah. I saw it in the theater, of course, and then like later on, you just you just start noticing things that are like just awesome in it uh, all the way through. And yes, it's not uh, you know there. I don't know. It wasn't it wasn't the Jim Carrey comedy that we were used to back then, but. That part, God, that did that dream sequence. Oh Talk about God. the over the over the top. You know,
3: I just wanted to hang out. <laughs> big <be> deal.
2: <laughs> the future uh, uh, is now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, look, I can I can rattle them off. The medieval times sequence, which I sang mm-hmm. a little bit of last yep. episode. Yep. Uh, the karaoke performance. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, just the the, the beatdown of Owen Wilson in the bathroom, yeah. You, if you haven't Salt watched peanuts. this movie, Salt Peanuts,
1: <laughs> <laughs> skin up, <body> up. <laughs> I mean,
2: it's just it, it's uh, it's so good. If you haven't watched that movie until now, watch that movie.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I would I, I would full on recommend the Cable Guy these days. Uh, Absolutely. Um, uh, is that is that Ben Stiller's best film? Direct, mm. Tropic Thunder I think Tropic Thunder's up Tropic there. Thunder's
2: better over I don't know close Yeah they're they're it's right close. up
0: next to each other I like I don't think he's made one that I don't like though I even like that uh that uh that uh, Wilford, not Wilford Brindley, Walter Matthau remake God fucking hell Uh Walter Mitty It's no. not Walter Matthau it's Walter Mitty Ah <laughs>
1: uh, yes The Secret Life of Walter Mitty yes did he direct, like that uh one. did he direct reality bites? he did mm-hmm.
0: yeah, mm-hmm. I love that
1: one,
2: yeah, and I'm that's sure there's I mean, one more in there, right um no, you're thinking about uh Marco blandini
3: <laughs> uh, yes, yes, you're right,
2: you're right, um
0: blandini hit me, hit me
1: did zoolander
0: zoolander uh, yeah <clears throat> yeah, yeah, he's good, he's got
1: a good And eye. zoolander too
0: yeah Zoolander two finally found a ben stiller directed movie i don't like yeah there you go yeah
1: well now that we found a movie that we don't like from ben stiller we can say goodbye to the show no
2: just kidding Uh, yeah here's the next one i'm gonna skip around a little bit what's the best f-bomb in cinema history
1: uh well you know that's that's gonna be that's gonna be tough obviously but i can come up with three that i loved in the in the uh in the past um in scream two when uh randy's on the phone with the killer and the killer is like you'll never be the hero and you'll never get the girl and all that and everything and randy's like
3: fuck you (laughs) (laughs)
1: um and then um uh and then in friday one of the all-time best ones is uh is chris tucker in that that shot from below and he's like it looks like you got knocked the fuck out Uh, (laughs) and he um, does
2: man tiny lister just takes his ass down and mm -hmm. he just crawls right on top of him you got knocked the
1: fuck out his his head head that little head spin thing as he says it and then here's one where it's not uh it's not a loud one it's not a it's not an abrupt one or anything or but um in heart eight philip baker hall is the is the ultimate gentleman he's a he's a hood he's a gangster uh but he he he, he commands respect he demands respect he doesn't say one swear word in this whole movie when john c riley says a swear word he's like you know just you don't have to you don't have to talk like that basically is what it comes down to and so uh you know he he wants everybody to be like gentlemen uh, but then there's a point in the movie where something happens where the camera trains on Philip Baker hall and it kind of zooms in on him and he goes, well, this is one fucked up situation.
3: And, no. and,
1: and it's the first swear he has said the entire movie and, uh, and, uh, it, it's all the more powerful because of it. So, uh, if I were to grade F bombs, that's one of my all time favorite
2: ones. <laughs> nice.
0: Nice. Uh I have a few as well. <clears throat> oh, I just saw Wesley Snipes and Demolition Man. That was my previous list. But he said does some drop some F bombs.
3: Yeah, yeah, Um oh,
0: yeah. one of my favorite of all times Jerry McGuire, when he's talking to the little kid and the little <laughs> kid says, Let's go to the zoo, let's go right now. We should go to the zoo. And he just loses that a little bit of patience. He's a little buzzed, I think, too. He's like, oh, yeah. you know what, Ray? The fucking zoo's closed. <laughs> and there's this pause, and it's classic. And mm-hmm. the kid goes, you said fuck. <laughs> um, and it's such a good moment. Uh, another one I like from a recent movie is Samara Weaving at the end of Ready or Not. Oh, Ooh, yeah. Oh, um, nice. When all the magic stuff happens that everybody the whole movie thought was bullshit. And then mm-hmm. like the ghost appears that everyone thought was bullshit. And then mm-hmm. disappears in a cloud of flame. And she's standing there in this bloody burn gown. <laughs> and she just goes, fuck. <laughs> and it's just the perfect casual summary of everything. She's just seen.
2: I got to watch ready or not again. Uh, because he, he reminded me of that, that ending, which is very spontaneous esque, you know yes. what I mean? Yes. Yes. Um, yeah and uh i really enjoyed it the the first time i watched it so i'm going to have to revisit mm. that you know when i i tried to think about like pg13 f bombs because those seem to have the most weight because you can only get away with well, you know one or two of them mm-hmm. um and so you know my first inkling was uh, x men first class where uh, uh charles and eric go to to hunt down logan wolverine
3: mm-hmm.
2: and then he's like hey logan and he's like, go fuck
0: yourself. And that's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, which goes, is- <laughs> he goes, they, they introduce, I'm Eric Lynch, and I'm blah, blah, blah. And he goes, go fuck yourself. But he doesn't even look. He doesn't even turn <laughs> to look. He's just that disinterested. Go fuck yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love it. I love it.
2: Uh, but one of my favorites, it's so innocuous. One of my favorites, what, what popped in my head immediately with Samir in Office Space, and Office Space has a lot of uh, colorful language mm-hmm, in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, when they uh, they find out that their scam has gone awry, and uh, there's too much money in the account, and all that stuff, and uh, uh, Ron Livingston and uh, Michael Bolton and Samir are riding in the car, and uh, Samir's in the back, kind of poking his head through, and he's, you know, because english is not his first language <laughs> he gets up and he's like this is a fuck <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> i tell you I what, just though. love
2: it i love it
1: my favorite f-bomb in the in office space though is when uh is pc load letter what the fuck does that mean <laughs> <And it's, laughs> that's my favorite part <laughs> uh,
3: <laughs> michael bolton
2: of, yeah and then of course i mean you could throw in uh the classic comedy stuff like uh ron burgundy saying go fuck yourself san diego Mm -hmm. Uh, or uh or bruce almighty back
1: to you fuckers oh yeah those are all fantastic yeah
2: (laughs) i like it when you can really you know uh lean into those (laughs) f-bombs
1: yeah oh yeah
2: hey guys saw this question being passed around on twitter and i figured that you might have some interesting answers who was a character that had roughly fifteen minutes or less in a film but had a huge impact on it? This was all over the place on Twitter about a week ago, two weeks ago, something like yeah, that.
1: Yeah, it was a couple, two, two, three weeks ago. But um uh I know I don't think any of us answered this because it's the easy answer, but Hannibal Lecter and Silence of the Lambs is like the all time yeah. and I'm I'm pretty sure on Twitter that's what ended up trending because of that other trend oh, really? was Hannibal Lecter. Yeah. Um but uh, there are, of course, a few others here. Um, uh, Viola Davis in Doubt uh, mm. has um, has, I believe, less than fifteen minutes in in that film, and uh, her character uh, obviously has a lot of impact in that film.
0: dynamite scene. My God,
1: mm-hmm. um, Alec Baldwin and Glengarry Glenn Ross playing Blake uh, is uh, yeah. Uh, which is so funny because, uh, as we've always mentioned, have to mention, is he wasn't in the original play. And they threw that in there uh, for the movie. And, but everything he says in there is the embodiment of the Mitch and Murray philosophy. Uh, and, uh, and, and it's why these salesmen are doing the things that they do in the movie. Uh, and then uh, the Wicked Witch of the West in Wizard of Ooh, Oz. I nice this one. up. I looked this one up because, uh, uh, you know, it was uh, it's amazing that she doesn't have that much screen time, but everything that goes on in that movie is because they're, you know, because of what she does to try to curtail the mission in Wizard of Oz. So, uh, those are the ones that came up with.
0: I just had an idea for a future podcast segment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cast the roles of famous movies off-screen characters. Cast Mitch and Murray
3: oh. from
0: Glengarry Gary, Glenn Ross. Mm, They're I like never that. on screen.
1: I like that. Like Paul completely. Sorvino
0: jumps to mind. He has to be one of those two guys. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that could be a segment and I think we should pin that. Hell yeah. Um, I'm all about that. <clears throat> let's go with the Oracle first in the matrix. Um, yeah. <clears throat> who really only has the one scene. Um, and, She tells Morpheus, as you find out later, exactly what he needs to hear in that scene. It just so happens she tells him a thing that fools the audience for a little bit further, too, uh, or at least attempts to. Um, And man, does that have an impact? That one scene, she's in the other two movies, but just that one scene impacts the whole trilogy massively. It completely directs Neo's path in life um and uh then i also wrote down um kevin costner and molly's game Hell yeah yeah there's he's only there in a couple flashbacks and then that killer scene in the cold on the park bench at the end um mm. but so much, so much of I don't know how many times you guys have seen this movie, but so much a part of how Molly behaves, at least as portrayed by the movie, is informed by this father, this character, how he raised her, mm-hmm. what he instilled in her as a kid. Uh, you know that that whole I was, you know premier athlete in my sport and I was always the third best athlete in my house growing up because <laughs> my two older brothers were better. Um <clears throat> so he looms large over that whole movie even though I, if you count it all up I would bet he's in less than 15 minutes.
1: Yeah, I would think so. I've seen that movie not surprisingly uh five or six times probably, maybe even more considering how many times I've had it in the background.
0: But, <clears throat> yeah, um, yeah, it's Sorkin dialogue is so easy to just put on and listen I mean, to like music. <clears throat> yeah, well,
1: especially the, the that Ildris Elba scene where he's in there in the deposition of the room, uh, oh, talking yeah. about you know this is not a Rico case and all that like that big huge speech he has where he's just, uh, just up and down telling these lawyers like this is a bullshit fucking case and you know it mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, I, yeah, I love
2: that remind me what happened with the Oracle. So the actress that played her in the first movie died after that came out. Yeah, well, she died.
0: uh, She died during the shooting. They filmed the second two movies at the same time, right, right, uh, back to back, and she died after shooting her scenes for the second movie, and they replaced her in the third movie. Okay, so she's the
2: original actress is in the second one.
0: Yes, she has that that scene on the park uh, on on the. Park Bench before Neo fights a thousand agent Smiths. Yeah. And then the third movie is where the other actress comes in. And I think they did about as good a job as you can trying to explain why she looked different uh, when you have a tragedy like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that first actress was such an embodiment of that role. She was so good.
2: What was her excuse? I know. I, I remember that line where she's like, yeah, I know I look different.
0: What? <clears throat> how did the, she explain the, that? The architect got mad at her and this was her punishment. That um, she... He fucked with her code, something along those lines.
3: He <laughs> fucked with my code. <laughs> uh,
2: okay, so for, for my, uh, my
3: code, <laughs> uh,
2: for my uh, characters that have uh, little screen time but have big impact, I'm going to go with the Apostle Jonathan James Kendrick uh, from A Few Good Men, Kiefer mm. Sutherland. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. He's got very little screen time, but he is talking about the embodiment of a unit core God country type of Marine. Um, he flat out lies on the stand and yet he abides by, I, you know, I have two books by my, uh, bedside, you know, the, the, the code of conduct and the King James Bible. Yeah. Uh, and yet he lies his ass off. Uh, mm-hmm. And there's one spot where like, he looks uh, over at, uh, Harold while, uh, Kevin Bacon is questioning him. And, uh, he's like, did you order the code red? And, uh, he doesn't answer for a second. And then he's like, "No, I did not. And he (laughs) looms not as large as, you know, Jessup or uh, uh, Jack Nicholson's character, but man, I mean, he is,
0: he is the epitome of that lifestyle. I think let's, let's break that down for a second, because I think you could argue that he's where everything breaks. Uh, It's obviously Jack Nicholson's fault for ordering the code red, but, it's Kendrick that enables it, that make that puts it into action, that goes around behind the he gives the order not to, goes around behind that to give the order to do it quietly. He's he's where it breaks, right?
2: You're right, but but the way the movie explains it is that he has no choice, right? That's the the dilemma, an or an order from the colonel is just as good as an order from God, right? There is no way that Kendrick cannot
0: follow that order, right?
2: Right, but uh, once so he's he
0: given two diametrically opposed commands, he's he's broken the King James Bible, the other book that he cares so much Absolutely. about. He Absolutely. Should, he should know it. No, he's uh, a hypocrite. Whereas Absolutely. you could argue Jack Nicholson's character did not break the Bible code, just broke the army code because code reds are outlawed so they're both kind of maybe equally but i've always felt like kendrick was this linchpin that made it all happen and without him i mean he was yeah would have fallen apart way sooner
2: no jessup is a pussy man he didn't even order it himself he made kendrick order it
0: yeah
1: yeah and and then plus i mean you know jessup I don't think they think of red uh, uh, code reds as a big deal because it's not supposed to end in the death of the person by the end of it. uh, Right. uh, right. Which is the big dilemma uh, of who's responsible for what in, in that movie, because they go too far. They do. And, and code reds are not
2: against the code of conduct. It was a memo sent down by the secretary of defense, Right. Mm. And that's what he says is, you know, I followed it as per the, the thing. But yet I still encourage it uh, as a, a standard practice. Mm. Uh, so there's a lot there's so much like moral weirdness in that mm-hmm. in that uh, that movie. Uh, that mm-hmm. I love, and, yep. and I really think Kendrick is you're right. The linchpin of the whole thing, uh, because otherwise, it, like as soon as they discover that, that's that's the key to their entire case. Yep. Yep. Uh, so a, a couple more. Uh, Paul Reiser and Whiplash, I think, looms very large in, in that movie, yeah. even though it's mm-hmm. all about J.K. Simmons and, uh, and Miles Teller. Another, the relationship that Paul Reiser has uh, with, with his son is so unique. And mm-hmm. uh, I think that's the only thing tethering Miles Teller's character to reality. Otherwise, yeah, and he's that's another,
1: um, uh, gone. somebody else is better than you and the family at something. And, yeah. you know, you're driven to, to try to beat that person in, uh, uh, whatever you, uh, pursue.
2: Yeah. I mean, he's so, he's such an awesome dad in that he is, you know, unconditionally, uh, just going to love his kid and support his kid, even though he's being a big old asshole to him, uh, mm. and to his family. Uh, but, but he's great. And, and the fact that he, uh, has that moment with, uh, with his son, right. As he's walking off stage at the very end, and then he comes back on, oh, I want to watch that movie again right now. And the last mm-hmm. thing I'm, I'm going to mention is Kumail uh, Nanjani in, uh, my favorite episode of Portlandia, where he plays a, a waiter, taking them through like a TGI Fridays around the world, uh, menu. <laughs> And he's like, do you want to super spike uh, your burger? <laughs> and he's like, what is that? And he's like, we just pour Jack Daniels all over the burger. <laughs> and every time Kerry Brownstein makes an order, he's like, yeah, good choice. Good choice. Uh,
1: that's going to do it for this episode. Keep going to Syncast uh, presented by CinemaSins on Facebook. We're also on CinemaSins Twitter, Music Sins Twitter, uh, SoundCloud and Discord. And we no longer have to give you a link to discord.
0: We're
2: fide. Uh,
1: that's right. Boner. We got the, we got the blue star or the blue anus. I don't how know. Do, what how do we, is. uh, how did we get that? I don't know. Probably, <laughs> probably something that like Aaron did or something like, you know, like how that Twitter, sounds... you know, how Twitter like gets verified. You have to do yeah. all this nonsense where you're like, here's a website. Here's the proof of what I do. And it's connected to this somehow. And whatever, and then, and then they you, still don't give it to you. And then they still don't give it to you. Although I don't think we've ever formally done that. It's just, it sounds like a bunch of bullshit just to get a blue check mark. Um, but um, anyway, uh, go to those things. Tell us how you think about the, the syncast uh, That's going to do it for this week. It's uh, Chris Atkins and Jeremy Scott and Barrett Sharon. We'll see you next time. Thanks for
2: listening. Comment on our episodes on our SoundCloud page. Check us out on YouTube, Twitter, facebook and reddit and be sure to visit cinemasins.com
1: i was all by myself i was alone Nobody was looking. <laughs> yeah,
0: here we go. Oh, 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 a little too low there. Went a little too far. Mm-hmm. A little too low. At least dark. you know I have pants on. It's
1: the After Dark version. <laughs> it's the After Sin Dark.
0: <laughs> yes,
2: um, because the normal Sincast mm, is perfectly
1: family friendly. <laughs> yeah, the normal Sincast is, is uh, you would put this in between today's <laughs> special and pinwheel on Nickelodeon.
2: <laughs> special
1: <laughs> so you can get loud and clear <laughs>
3: god i
2: hated that show i watched it just because like anytime i was sick and like home from school it would be on
0: yeah i kind of yep. hated it
1: yeah i don't know if i hated it or not but i watched the fuck out of it
0: i remember this one mannequin uh, at one <laughs> of the, the fort wayne malls fort wayne had two malls: a nice big one and a tiny shitty one we probably were at the shitty one but sh- this mannequin was hot I was maybe, oh, yeah. I was maybe 12,
3: mm-hmm, but mm-hmm.
0: for a brief, you know, for however long my mom was looking at clothes in that JC Penney or whatever the fuck, I had a crush on that mannequin. <clears throat> yeah. You wanted yeah. to fuck that mannequin. I'm thinking, mm-hmm. you know, I could do worse, you know, yeah, at 12, yeah, yeah. you know, you you, know, you don't have a lot of confidence.
3: Mm-hmm, so. mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> you probably yeah. had a shot with her. Probably. Yeah, you know, probably. I, I could, I should have at least asked for her number. But yeah. Harvey
2: Danger is one of my favorite non-listened to wonders. bands. They're not one-hit wonders. I mean, they are, they they are, are. in the definition of that. You're right. Yes. Uh, but
0: their whole catalog is so good, man. Did you ever listen it, to them? Which was no, just the, was it Flagpole Sitter? Is that mm-hmm. the one that they did? Yeah, that song's awesome. I dig that mm-hmm. song. No, that, especially that album. Especially that lead up to that final verse where all the paranoia, instruments...
2: Paranoia, paranoia,
0: everybody's paranoia. coming to get me. That was, yeah, uh, I, I remember
1: very vividly saying that was my favorite song of whatever year that was
0: 97. That was, that was a good song. Somewhere around had there. to be after that. Huh? Uh, I didn't move to Nashville until late 98. And that song I know for sure came out when I lived It definitely
1: ruled the year 98 cause it was in that disturbing yeah. behavior trailer. Um, uh, so I, I think 98 is probably right. Um, but, I went to uh, see him live at uh 328. Oh, really? That's oh, awesome. another place so that
0: doesn't good. exist anymore. So good. I see one of the Nelsons, as in the Nelsons Nelsons. No. Well, the, Nelsons, Matthew the Nelson's, Nelsons Nelsons.
1: The Nelsons Nelsons do live in Nashville. They
0: do indeed. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. I met Matthew before. If I bet if I met one of them, I wouldn't know it probably.
2: After the rain,
1: not I... a shapu appear. bear. I watched one of those professor of rock things and he, he did a, he did a Nelson thing and I did, I had, I had no idea that they were a part of this big, huge legacy of musical Nelsons that had gone through the, through the years. I had no idea because his, is their their dad sang different songs and their grandfather (laughs) sang different songs. And he was also on whatever the fuck green acres or some shit. I can't remember what TV show, but, but like, Mm -hmm. I was like, really that Nelson? Hold on.
2: So is it their dad is Ricky Nelson? Right? Ricky Nelson. That was my Nelson. understanding. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. And then, uh, Who then they had, again? uh, was it Ozzy Nelson? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Ozzy yeah, yeah. and Harriet Yeah. Yeah. I said Green Acres, but I meant Ozzy and Harriet. Those two are the exact same show.
3: I can't live without your
2: love and affection.
0: <laughs> Why is
3: that? I not
2: another night on my own.
0: Is that a <laughs> Nelson song? Oh, yeah.
2: I, I had I feel like they only had Nelson
0: albums growing Jesus, up. Jesus, man. Look, <laughs> think about all the money you spent on bad music. And look at I how love happy Nelson. you are about hey, it.
2: Hey, both of those good are the music. songs that I just sang are rad.
1: <laughs> I did, uh, uh, okay. <laughs> I will say this. I had a greater appreciation for that song you were just singing but I still wasn't like about to go out and find more (laughs) Nelson afterwards. Yeah.
2: It's like Candlebox, man. Candlebox has always gotten a raw, raw deal. And the Mm -hmm. guy, Mr. Candlebox, whatever his name is, the lead singer Mm -hmm. is always like, man, just because we were in Seattle and we had our own thing. Doesn't mean that we have to be the posers uh, of this whole movement, but people hate Candlebox, man. Musicians hate Candlebox.
1: Candlebox was the first band I ever saw live. Is that right? Uh, they they opened wow. for Rush. Oh wow. <laughs> they opened they opened for Rush so I saw Candlebox before Rush and uh and and during the time I was fine with Candlebox but yeah they were another band that got seriously made fun of.
2: I didn't mind and, Candlebox.
1: Yeah, I thought they were fine. I didn't care about
2: that. No you. Got <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: The, the one,
2: guy uh, had a screamy voice far behind mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs>
0: what i'd like is i'd like to hug and kiss you yeah,
1: that is that is better that, everybody can enjoy that <laughs> give it funny. away, give it away, give it away. It's yeah. funny hearing Krusty just come out with the words, though. Before that, he's like, "I was thinking you could change the song from, you know, uh you know, what I'd like, what you gotta get, gotta put it in you, to all I'd like to do is a hug and kiss you, or whatever." And, he, and then they gets to flee, and he's like.
0: You know, oh yeah,
1: that is a lot better. Yeah, everybody can enjoy that.
0: (laughs) That's one of the best episodes, bar none. Oh, yeah, no question.
3: Excuse me.
1: That's beautiful outtake fodder
2: right
0: there. <laughs> <Yeah>. Apologies,
3: yes.
2: <laughs> my my favorite thing was that I didn't know where it was coming from because you didn't let on that you knew it was your doorbell. <laughs> I was pretending for a minute, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a family reunion, but that would be a good place for an orgy, don't
3: mm-hmm. you think?
1: I yeah,
2: agree. Good
0: orgy house. No comment
1: In any place is a good place for an orgy
0: if you I like, agree with that it. statement, mm-hmm. I agree with that statement, yeah I
1: don't
2: man. The more I think about orgies, the more I don't want to participate. Mm-hmm. No seems like a lot no, it's of for me yeah. a lot of yeah. pressure, yeah smells smell to me smells. smells smells and and i it, the sounds the squishing yeah. the and, uh yeah. Yeah. squelching, the squelching. Mm-hmm. yeah God, that's so awful, <laughs> I got that yes cut that cut, out you
1: can cut everything after when jeremy stopped talking and then they can move on. <laughs> oh, God. i just wanted to even say even for me
2: that's bad
0: <laughs> that oh, was creepy uh, as fuck i bet i didn't even see it happening i was looking at you guys
3: <laughs> don't i feel like the fucking asshole <laughs> um, <clears throat>